Ladies and gentlemen, men and women, children of all ages, you're about to experience the opportunity to get in on the conversation. So do me a favor, join the conversation as you're about to step into the world of conversations about dot, dot, dot. I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you're coming into another fun-filled episode of Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. Sometimes I'm by myself, sometimes I'm with my co-hosts, and sometimes in really cool, awesome moments, I get to interview people. And this is another one of those interview episodes, but I get to not only interview people, I get to interview friends. So this is a person I consider a friend of mine. Uh, I stepped into Space Cadets collection, collection and Gaming Gaming several years ago. Uh, I had heard about this thing called ROC tournaments uh, for Hero Clicks. And so I came into the store and literally had my mind blown uh, because of the stuff that they had in the store and all that cool stuff. And then the fact that I had never heard of kind of a comic book store on one side, gaming books, gaming store on the other. And so I'd never heard of that concept before, but it, again, it blew my mind too. And so I got the chance to meet and talk with this guy who became a dear friend of mine. This is Mr. Brian McMean. Say hello to the wonderful people. Hello, wonderful people. It's a pleasure to be here, Will. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on, Brian. Uh, and so or sometimes you'll hear me refer to him as BMAC, because that's kind of the nickname I learned to go by with him. So I was nope. like, BMAC. Nope. You know, and so BMAC, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about where you grew up. Uh, tell us about your family, stuff like that. Basic origin story type stuff. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. So I was born in London, Ohio, which is a little suburb of Columbus. Mm -hmm. So I grew up a Buckeye, still a Buckeye. Okay. Uh, married my wife, Laura, in 2001. And uh, she and I moved down to Texas in 2008 with our two children. Uh, we moved in one week before Hurricane Ike. So like, as we were driving in, we're listening to the radio, hear them talk about how close it's getting and all that. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a joy. So welcome to Texas. Have a hurricane. <laughs> uh, no, no big there. Uh, but we've been in Texas ever since, and we've just absolutely fallen in love with, with the state. And we're just uh, thrilled to be here and thrilled to be part of uh, part of the Space Cadets family. Okay. And Laura and your kids are wonderful people. I love them to death. Uh, oh, thank you. Laura, thank you. Uh, let me entertain her with the idea of the serial thrillers. Uh, where oh, I yeah. I did my little parody of the different serial characters. I've drawn them all out. I haven't written the book yet, but I've drawn all the characters out. I have a sketchbook with all the characters <laughs> in it. Nice, so, nice. Well, you should talk. You should talk to my oldest child. Then uh, she's big into. She's a big writer. Okay. Loves to do writing. So you know, she might. She might uh, help you out with that. Uh, that sounds like a plan. We could definitely do that. So tell me a little bit. About, you mentioned Laura. Tell me about your two kiddos. So I have two girls. I have sixteen and fourteen. So yay, two two teenage girls. It's awesome. But they are they are phenomenal kids. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're really good. Um, they're just they're a lot of fun to hang around with and and do gaming related things with her. Um, my oldest is huge into D and D. Uh, she and Laura both participate in pretty much any D and D game they can get their hands on. Mm -hmm. um, and then my youngest is actually, you know, Alexis has gotten to be a pretty darn good first person shooter video game player. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, she is looking currently at 
join J um, ROTC next year in high school, and eventually possibly moving on to uh, military. Oh wow! Uh, service. Okay. And then, and then her ultimate goal is to be a canine unit with either a police force or, again, with the military. Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. But I've had the pleasure of hanging out with both of your kids sometimes at Cadets Con, uh, or mm-hmm. sitting by them in, uh, in panels and things like that, or sitting by them in Artist Alley, or just hanging out with them and talking with them in general. And I've always enjoyed uh, not only their love of cosplay, but their love for geek culture and things like that. And so, so I know mm-hmm. you and you and Laura definitely are uh, part of that. And so, what kind of things do you guys geek out about? What kind of thing, What kind of movies, TV shows, stuff like that? So the kids have really been big into anime recently. They are absolutely enamored with My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. They cannot get enough of it. I don't. It's not quite my thing, but hey, they love it, and and they're not ashamed of it. So good on them. Fair enough. Um, you know, Laura and I are into uh, all things comic book, um, Marvel, DC. Uh, we've run through the Mandalorian, of course. Um, yeah, so just just about anything. If it has to do with that kind of that kind of nerd culture, um, we're all about it. She's a big ponies fan. You know, My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say like just just anything yeah i've got some friends that did a do a podcast called the mythos podcast and they actually talked about at one point talking uh being involved in the milo pony world and seeing one of the episodes i believe it's like near the end of season four where they basically have a huge dragon ball z style fight in the middle of the episode and so at that point it's kind of like yeah i don't know and so then we talked because they're my co-host on this show on the regular weekly shows we do that we drop on mondays and so I was just like, yeah, I, I, I fully understand Brony culture. I get it. I started with the card game. Like I had mm-hmm. seen or watched anything Milo Pony related prior to that. But then as I started playing that game, I was like, well, what's all this based off of? So then I started going back and looking at the show. So And, and that and that card game, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself <laughs> a Brony either. The only reason... The only reason I kind of watched it was because John Delancey was the voice of Discord. Right. So his his character in the cartoon is, uh, you know, pretty much a, a direct correlation to Q from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was cool. But yeah, the card game, uh, I started playing that with Laura and the kids mm-hmm. many years ago. It was really good. It was. The the card game itself was the mechanics of it. Uh, I thought were were spectacular and unfortunately it just didn't quite didn't quite hang on there but uh, the company that had we, it, we still like the it. company that had it had a bit of a few hang-ups on some stuff there were some shipping issues i know at one point we were running a big state tournament in lake jackson area and there was a point where uh we the store paid for the cards uh everything was going down we were getting ready to do the big tournament and we didn't have the cards and like we literally got the cards minutes before the tournament started and we were just so like it's weird because i know i talked to one of the guys uh i know you remember bailey bailey and i would go to the different oh yeah, yeah. well we met some of the people that worked with interplay and they pretty much told me they're like we have a file on you because they posted their phone number up on their facebook to their direct office. 
Mm-hmm. I called their number. <laughs> they were like, wait, you wait, how did you get this number? It's on your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, goofballs you posted. And they were like, oh, okay. So then I was like, well, they were like, well, what's the issue? I'm like, uh, we got the state tournament coming up and we don't have cards. Cards are supposed to be delivered to us on Thursday. It's now Saturday. Where are the cards? And I go, we got them tracking. They should be there any minute. I was like, the day of the tournament? <laughs> like, you understand how weird this is? We got people coming in from Dallas. We got people coming in from Fort Worth. We got people coming to Dallas, Fort Worth area. We had a couple people come in from a little bit outside of Dallas, even. And people were traveling down several hours to come to this thing. We had like 12 people show up. If there's no problem for them to show up, what are we supposed to tell them? And so, you know, and then there was the fiasco with the uh, the cards that were reprinted on paper. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what we dealt with. Yeah. Oh, we well. got back to, but the game is still fun. Uh, another funny story about that real quick. Uh, so they came out with that that uh, structure deck. There was a structure deck that had uh, Nightmare Moon in it. Oh, Introduced yeah. a frightening mechanic. And so I bought that deck. I'd been playing a while. So I bought that deck and I kept messing with it, messing with it, messing with it, messing with it. Well, then I went to another tournament in Dallas and got like second place in the state with it. Uh, with just the structure deck? Well, it was a structure deck with a lot of work off of it. Oh, okay. uh, there had been another set drop between there and there that fed into kind of that blue. It was a blue-yellow frightened deck primarily. And it just had, basically, no matter what card I drew or flipped, I was flipping something every turn. I mean, at one point, a guy had like 10 characters on the field, and it was just like, okay, face off when I flip this card, frighten that character. That card triggers when I flip it, frighten that character. But, and so Interplay at the time who owns it, I believe it's another company that owns it now, uh, they had posted up a list with this starter. And so I was like, oh, I have something similar to that. And they were like, really? It's like, yeah, would you mind posting it up? I'm like, sure, I posted it up. They took the post down 10 minutes later and then messaged me like, uh, we're trying to keep the spirit of the game kind of fun. <laughs> friends. I said, oh no, it did. Like I had people who would tell me, like pat me on the back and be like, you know, I love you, right? It's like, yeah, I hate to play that deck though. <laughs> That's funny. And so that was kind of the story of that. But uh, so you mentioned the Mandalorian. Uh, I personally mm-hmm. call it the Baby Yoda show. <laughs> that's fair it's kind of it's kind of is but it's also the coolest space western that i've seen it kind of takes that old spaghetti western style exactly and then merges it with star wars and i'm like this is the perfect fusion of cowboy movie meets all meets space if you yep. will agree so Agreed. um what's your what's your what's your what's your favorite part about the mandalorian Oh, you know, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, actually. The first, you know, everybody was in my face about how I have to watch it. I have to watch it. I have to watch it. I think they were three episodes in uh, before I had a chance to finally sit down and watch episode one. Mm-hmm. And the first two episodes, I thought, okay, well, this is this is all right, but it hasn't hooked me yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode three kind of got me hooked a little bit. By episode four, I was in. Uh, I think it's just, it's the storytelling the way John Favreau is is taking this um, this kind of beloved faction of characters mm-hmm. and what he's doing with them, uh, like you said, that spaghetti western kind of feel, really just dig it. And 
episode six, I believe it was, when they uh, were on the prison ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept saying I felt like it, it felt to me like an old Firefly episode. Just the pacing, the story, uh, the, the action in it just felt very Firefly-ish. And by the end of that that episode, I was like, okay, I'm not cool with this waiting seven days between episodes. <laughs> You know, we're so we're in this culture of instant gratification, mm-hmm. and so the, the thought of having to wait seven days for another episode, and I think that kind of helped spur that as well, spur that anticipation yeah. of, oh gosh, what do you mean the entire season is not available? I need it right now. Yeah. Um, so it built that built that. Mm-hmm. In a Netflix world, uh, Disney's kind of gone back to an episodic idea. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for for season two I want to see what they're going to be doing um, with with the child like what there's there's mystery there obviously mm-hmm. so um, a- again in our culture it's like we need answers we need them now and I really think Favreau is going to play into that and mm-hmm. just tease little bits little bits here because right now we know nothing mm-hmm. nothing about um, his origin we don't know what species he yeah. is and Lucas never revealed that information, even from Yoda, even from Yoda's story or Yaddle's story. We know those who exist exist, but we didn't don't know much about them from an mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah, uh, I also really, really dig that there's minimal CGI mm-hmm. in the show. That's all the the, the child is puppet mm-hmm. um, live action. That just I think that adds a sense of realism yeah. and kind of wonder, you know, kind of harken back to like those old, uh, the old Muppet days. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know so. uh, they were talking about, I think it was Jason Sirtis, uh, who's the comedian, who was doing one of the, he was one of the stormtroopers in episode eight. Yeah. And there's a moment where the guys get ready to punch the child and he says to him off, off to the side, he just pulls the side and says, listen, you're going to punch this. You're going to let him have it, and it's fine. But you need to understand something. That puppet that you're about to punch is like $5 million. <laughs> we can't uh, afford to break it. <laughs> you can punch it. Just don't mess it up. <laughs> yep. So, that's funny. So, yeah, that was that was a clear thing there. Okay, so we've talked a little about stuff that you geek out with, and we've talked a little bit about stuff that kind of your origin story. So we're going to take a small break. We're going to come back, and we want you to begin to just – we want to give you the floor to talk about Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. So right. after these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back, kind of like a hurricane that never left. We have returned, and so uh, we, what? I, look, <laughs> too real, man, too real. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> um, I yeah, I throw my co-host off sometimes too. Like I'll say something and I'll just be like, "And w- where did we get that from?" <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's fun. It's a, we fly by the sea. I, I was thinking like "Rock Me Like a Hurricane." I was thinking rock and roll song, but but oh, okay, okay, okay. so anyway, so uh, BMAC, let's talk about Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. Oh man, so I was thinking about this on the way down here tonight i'm actually here in the in the store hanging out tonight. Mm-hmm. um it was back in 2012 um i was a huge heroclix player at the time and giant size x-men 
I had just dropped. Oh, that was such a good and, set. Oh, it was a good set. It was a good set. And unfortunately, I was out of town when that set came out. I was up in Ohio, so I missed out getting it from. I was admittedly attending another shop at the time mm-hmm. because I didn't even I didn't even know about Space Cadet. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we were coming home from church one day, and we were in the in the turn lane, and the truck in front of us on the tailgate it said comics and toys mm-hmm. and it had been had space cadets on there and so i kind of wigged out and i was like what is this place i need to find it <laughs> and laura says oh geez i was kind of hoping you wouldn't see that i was like how am i not going to see it it's the giant tailgate <laughs> directly in front of me <laughs> so anywho's so so oh. i ended that um uh I was missing figures from this Heroclix set. So I was like, well, I'll go. I, I happened to stumble across where Space Cadets was mm-hmm. one day. And I popped in and I said, do you carry Heroclix? And she said, this was Miss Jen. She says, I don't, but I can maybe see about ordering it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, she, of course, could not because it was long gone. But yeah. um, it pro- I looked around and she had, at that time, it was not a very big shop. And she had old G.I. Joe, old He-Man, old Transformers. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, mm-hmm. this is my world. So I started coming in a little bit more frequently. Started bringing the kids down to play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of hang out with Miss Jen in the evenings while the kids were playing. And so I got to talk with they her. Do so what do you think of, they to- do a lot of Pokemon in that store. <laughs> yeah. Y'all do. Uh, so I asked Miss Jen, I was like, well, what do you think about carrying Heroclix? And she said something that I kind of take with me today is like, if someone comes to me and they want to bring a game into the store, I'm like, that's fantastic. How can I help you make that successful? Mm-hmm. So, so she said, you promote it, you run it, uh, tell me what you need to order and we'll order it. And as long as it's successful, we'll continue doing it. Yep. So we brought Heroclix in here and admittedly it took a few months to kind of get it off the ground. I, I did spend a little bit of my own cash to get some prizes, mm-hmm. but we got people in and it kind of grew. And so I finally, I pestered Miss Jen enough to hire me. So I came on part-time and started doing hair clicks. Well, that became successful. We we're getting new people in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was 20, it may have been 2013 when we were doing Miss Jen ordered the stuff for tabletop day mm-hmm. and she put out a thing to the to the staff and said whoever would like to learn some of these games and then demo them for international tabletop day and so, mm-hmm. well, I'll gladly take that on I love games mm-hmm. and so did that we ran tabletop day it was mildly successful mm-hmm. and she said hey I want to start and th- at this point we had expanded the store we knocked down the wall in between the spaces we expanded doubled the size mm-hmm. she said hey i'm thinking about doing more gaming type stuff here but i don't have the bandwidth for it it's on you oh wow and so i took over all the gaming stuff started ordering board games started ordering more stuff we started doing x-wing we did we dabbled in warhammer at that time mm-hmm. uh which wasn't a great move but we did it uh, but we ran and we kept going with the Heraclix and you mentioned in the in the earlier segment about uh, the ROC yeah. which is Realms Open Championship we brought that in wildly successful so glad y'all did that. So, <laughs> yeah so and it just kind of grew and grew and grew well an opportunity presented itself in 2016 early 2016 we had a big vacant space in the back corner and I said hey what do you think about renovating that space a little bit 
and let me expand the gaming, put a couple more tables in there. And she said, uh, okay, we'll put together a business proposal and you know, show me some numbers, show me how you think growth will go and what you plan to do to kind of help that grow. So I did put together a nice little proposal and she reviewed it. And she said, well, what do you think? Do you think it's time maybe for you to, to take it off uh, and, and do on your own? Like, well, I mean, if you, if you think so, sure. Right. So how I got the news was I came in one day for my regular shift and Laura Alves was working the front counter mm-hmm. and she said, hey, congratulations. I said, for what? She said, oh, you don't know yet. <laughs> and so I came, around the, I came around the corner and there was, there was a sign that it said future home of Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. Oh, wow. And that was, yeah, so that was early... 2016 we renovated the space moved some things around and we started with a little less than 700 square feet of uh, retail slash gameplay space and oh man I mean you you look back on I've been flipping through old pictures this week Mm -hmm. looking for some stuff and you know we had one six by four high top table and two six foot tables Mm -hmm. And we, we grew that and we just kept, we kept pounding the, hey, Space Cadets carry games. We carry magic now. We carry, um, you know, all these, all these other different board games. We're trying, trying to do the Warhammer thing. Uh, fast forward, here we are, 2020. Um, we've completely switched up positions where we were physically within the store. So now we sublease about 1,500 square feet. Okay. Uh, with easily three quarters of that being gameplay space and the rest of it being retail space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, we're just, we, we keep at it. We, Pokemon is now completely under our jurisdiction. Wow. Control, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, we took over a league that was having zero attendance. Um, just, you know, there's some, there was some stuff that went on. It was a wildly successful league. It kind of, fell off mm-hmm. then it then it went to no attendance um and now that it's it's back in our fold we've we're bringing the attendance back up and actually this coming saturday we are having our very first pre-release under the gaming gaming banner so it's a pretty you know when when i sit here and lay it all out like that it has been an absolutely incredible journey to get to this point and we're we're pretty super excited and uh, very grateful to Jen that she took a chance on us and mm-hmm. allowed us to take over, you know, over 1,500 square feet of space and, and dedicate it to board and card games. Yeah. And I uh, I think it's funny. Bailey always, whenever we're out about meeting people, he always tells the story. When I start talking about space cadets up either side, you know, he always says, yeah, I remember when Will went in there. He said, I think Will went from being in his 40s to becoming eight. <laughs> and it's like, he just saw this little kid that was just losing his mind over, they've got comic books, so they've got this, they got a Predator mask, they've got this, so they've got this. And look over here, they got gaming stuff, they got tables, and da 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 And I think at one point he said, you looked out at everybody, you said, I think I found my home. Like, if I could ever just have a comic book store that I would frequent for the rest of my life, this is that place. And I know that I'm not there physically anymore, but the fact that I'm still able to get my books, and of course I can still special order 
through you guys as far as mm-hmm. the gaming side, I still am connected in that regard. And so uh, Space Cadets, as far as I'm concerned, will always be my home store, no matter where I am in the world. Awesome. Well, we thank you for that. And so, you know, so we, 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 we've talked about the origin stories of it. Now, one of the things I want to ask you as well, now you've been involved in gaming itself for quite some time. And I know, uh, you know, with ROCs and different things like that, you've had a lot of different people come through and you've gone to uh, conventions and things like that for gaming and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know we had a conversation about the one con convention you went to where you got the big, huge sheet of magic card signed <laughs> by, yep, what yep. was it? Tell the story about that. Okay, so this was the PhD, it was called Speed Gaming, and what it is, uh, it was a little two-day convention just for retailers, and most of the major publishers were there, and you could go, uh, you were assigned a table to start with, and you get 20 minutes at this table with this publisher, and they quickly demo uh, their game, and you do a quick little playthrough. The time's up, you move on to the next table, you do the next one. Uh, it's a fantastic event, so much fun. Uh, of course, one of the publishers there was Wizards of the Coast, manufacturers of Magic the Gathering. It's a little card game. It's kind of indie. You might have heard of it. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so they gave a... Uh, well, earlier in the day, they had done a raffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we happened to have won that raffle, and it was for half a case of, at that time, I think it was Kaladesh uh, booster boxes. Mm-hmm. So we had already won half a case which is six boxes mm-hmm. of uh of, of kaladesh so i was like oh cool we got you know essentially built-in price support for a while we go to this seminar and uh you stick around through the entire seminar and they were going to give out door prizes mm-hmm. and the door prizes were a complete case of kaladesh and then they set a mystery prize mm-hmm. and so they drew the number and um they drew mine and I said, you know what? I've already won. I won half a case earlier. I want someone else to get a chance to, to win it. So put my ticket back mm-hmm. and draw somebody else. And everybody's like, yeah, yo, very nice, very nice. We appreciate that. So the, the mystery prize was an uncut sheet of Ether Revolt uh, foils. So beautiful thing already. Mm-hmm. And they just I, I you know I don't know I don't know if they just so happened to draw my number again or they did it because <laughs> we you know we gave it to somebody else but they drew our number for this uncut sheet of, of magic cards mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty awesome to win that so so we had that and I brought it back and I was kind of showing it off through a weird string of events it turns out that one of the parents of our employees knows Peter Ackeson. Okay. So I don't know if the name means anything to, to yourself or to the listeners, but Peter Ackeson is one of the co-owners of Gen Con. Oh, wow. Okay. He, he is also the co-founder of Wizards of the Coast. Okay. So he and Peter Garfield, or I'm sorry, not Peter Garfield, Richard Garfield, uh, founded Wizards of the Coast, um, Richard was the creator of Magic, and Peter kind of helped him get the business side of the operation going and founded that company. Mm-hmm. So she knows Peter Ackeson, put me in touch with him. So I'm having email conversations with the founder of, if not one of the largest gaming companies uh, on the planet right, right. now. 
And as it turns out, he comes to the to the spring, the woodlands area, rather frequently because he has family and friends here. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be in town for for one of these things, and I asked him. I said, "Would you just do us the honor of coming to just say hi to us?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, I'll come." He's, and he said, "I'll just come and hang out for a couple hours, and we'll just do like a." A little talk so he came and sat and graciously gave up two hours of his time and he talked with us um, about how he and Richard met how they founded the company when they sold it to um, I don't know when they when they bought Pokemon mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys knew that I didn't know. Uh, Wizards of the Coast the Wizards of the Coast I think for a period of two to three years printed Pokemon uh, and then they sold it back to Nintendo okay uh, and then he talked about when they sold the company to Hasbro and then he left, uh, obviously he left Wizard of the Coast and, um, he's now part owner of Gen Con, which is also pretty successful. Mm-hmm. But while he was here, I asked him, I said, Hey, I mean, just a week ago, we got this uncut sheet of magic cards. Would you do, would you sign it for us? And he's like, well, I had nothing to do with that set, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so it is it is framed it is behind museum quality glass and it is hanging up in our middle room nice so that's that's been that's one of the cool people that I've gotten to meet uh, by being in this industry okay and that's that's that and not only that you got to meet him but that he was willing to come and spend time and talk and talk with you guys and everything and, and about the creation that's really awesome man that's yeah, that's breathtakingly cool. Uh, one of the things I've always appreciated about you as a person, beyond just the willingness to kind of jump out there and take leaps of faith as it relates to the business aspect, but also that you really listen to the customers. You know, I know uh, I've asked for things at times, and you just be like, "Well, I don't have it, but let me see if I can get it." You know, and so, yeah. but then also yeah. we've had a good faith-based conversations about things like prayer, about things like hope, mm-hmm. and it, even in bad times. And um, you've, you've listened to me, and sometimes I've been through some rough patches, and I just want to say thank you for that. From the bottom of my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, because of course, that's, of course. You know, we're brothers in that regard, and I appreciate you being a brother to me, because I learned a long time ago, people don't have to be nice to you. People, <laughs> people choose choose whether to treat you with respect or not because I always appreciate you treating with respect and decency and oh, thank you. everything so thank you. I thank you for that so we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna go ahead and roll out because there is an event coming up in Sunday matter of fact in your city <laughs> near you that's very special to us that we're gonna talk a little bit about so come on back here in just a second guys and after these messages we'll be right back Mythos Podcast is a podcast that has you covered. Whether it's about geek news, whether it's about comic books, whether it's about movies, whether it's about video games or any other geeky type of subjects, Mythos Podcast has you indeed. So check out the Rascal Brothers' own podcast as you get ready to get your geek on. Drops usually on Mondays, on Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find fine podcasts. Join the Rasco Brothers and get your geek on. And we're back. 
uh, myself and BMAC now get to talk about something that I know we both really enjoy. Uh, I got the privilege while I was at Space Cadets for CadetsCon back in August of last year, besides sweating out, carrying in huge black metal boxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, I forgot about that, that was glorious. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, I would look, there are not many people that can get me down as a guest. And they say, hey, we need help moving this stuff in. And I'm more than happy to go grab stuff that are black metal boxes <laughs> in the middle of the heat in Texas. In, in the middle of August. In the middle of August. When I think the temperature was somewhere between 100 to 120. Somewhere. <laughs> That, that might be a slight exaggeration, but not much. But in Texas, we do everything bigger in Texas, and that includes our temperature and our heat indexes, okay? That's right. That's so, right. You know, big bumper sticker that Brian couldn't miss. Just remember that story, because it's like that every, with everything. Uh, yep, yep. But this Sunday, we've got the Royal Rumble coming to Houston. Oh yeah! Oh, see, I I can't do my macho man now because you did it, so that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, no, you're good. Uh, So, um, but we got the got the Royal Rumble coming, and one of the coolest things about CadetsCon was that Sunday there happened to be a pay per view. (laughs) That's fine, and so we converse about wrestling and things. There we go. We, we talk about wrestling and stuff. That, that's what we do. So anyway, so um, we do that. And, but wrestling is one of those things that we've had conversations about in the past that we both enjoy. And so I wanted to get your feelings on the Royal Rumble because some of you may or may not know. The way the Royal Rumble works is very simple. What was supposed to happen was it was supposed to be 10 celebrity superstars from Raw, 10 superstars from SmackDown, and 10 superstars from NXT. Well, didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> uh, I think the numbers are a lot more skewed toward Raw and SmackDown with a few surprises from NXT instead. Uh, but I just wanted to, they go into the ring. It's the first, which we already know, the first person is going to be Brock Lesnar because they've already announced it. And he'll be paired with another person out of that 30, out of that 30 total people. They'll wrestle for so many minutes. I believe it's, is it two minutes? Two. Two minutes, two minutes, every two minutes. And then every two minutes after that, there'll be a siren goes off and another random person that's randomly selected will go into the ring. The goal of this is to be the last person standing. And I say person because we're going to be getting a men's rumble and a women's rumble in this in this one, which I think that this is the third year, if I'm not mistaken, for the, for the dual rumble. Um... Maybe I'm not. I, I couldn't answer that truthfully. I'm not sure. I, look, so that there's going to be two rumbles, and so you are eliminated from the rumble if both of your feet touch the ground outside of the ring, and that's important. After, after you go over the top rope, you got to go over, go over the, top. the top rope. If you go through it, if you go under it, if you go through the middle or go under the ropes, it doesn't count. But if you go over the top rope, and then your both of your feet hit the ground. The reason why those are important is because there's little uh, loopholes that get created here mm-hmm. through people, Kofi Kingston being a master of that. But there are other people, I believe Naomi last year was in a chair at one point and she rolled back to the ring, jumped back into the ring. <laughs> you know, so things like that happen. And so I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Royal Rumble, who you feel like should win in the men's and the women's Royal Rumble. Well, first up, like you said earlier, it is in Houston. And 
they did announce, I think it was last year at WrestleMania, they, they announced the date and the location for this Royal Rumble. Mm. And I said, there's no way I'm not attending that event. Oh. So, so my children and I are going to be heading down there Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon. And we're there for the long haul. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, my picks, man. Uh, I don't even know, honestly, off the top of my head, who's all in the Women's Royal Rumble. Okay, let me see if um, I can get a list think- up. I might be able to get a list up in front of me to see who the current participants are. I don't know who. Oh. I'm sure Charlotte's in it. Well, yes, of course Charlotte's in it. Because with, which more than likely means that Sasha Banks is going to be in it. I don't know if Bailey's going to be in it. I don't know if Bailey is. No, because Bailey, Bailey has a match with uh, Lacey Evans for the title. Yeah, now there are going to be some people who are doing double duty that will be in matches, but then will still be in. Oh. So I know like Braun Strowman is going to be in a match against Shinsuke Nakamura for the international, inter, 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 international, Intercontinental Championship, I believe. Is it Intercontinental U.S.? It is Intercontinental. Intercontinental Championship. But they're both going to be in the Rumble. So, okay. you know, there could be a possibility yeah. where some people that are in other matches, especially with the ladies, because they don't have a whole lot of ladies to work with. I mean, unless you bring in a bunch of them from NXT. I'm not sure. So. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I do think the Royal Rumble is, is one of the WWE's big four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is where you're going to see some more uh, awesome material. And I, I personally feel, I've heard rumblings, no pun intended, <laughs> that um, Tamina is coming back. I do believe and that may also that may also open the door for one Nia Jax to make a return. She has been cleared. (laughs) So she is cleared. They're just not being able to get her into a storyline where... Well, I think that would make a great entrance for her. I think it would. To be a surprise entry to the Royal Rumble because I think she could win. If if those two are in it, uh, I'm going to call one of those two. Okay. On the men's side, you know, in my heart... I want Drew McIntyre to win because I think that guy is immensely talented, incredibly athletic. Uh, I know he's had his issues, but he's paid his dues and he's back and he's phenomenal. I really want them to, uh, to kind of showcase him more. My brain tells me that they're probably going to do something stupid with Seth Rollins and give him the win so that he can continue to boast on on Monday night about he, being the Monday night messiah and all that. Yeah. Um, that could be interesting. Um, I have heard several days, I've been trying to keep my finger on the pulse of um, the of, of the thing here. So I'm going to go over real quick the list of confirmed people in okay. each Rumble. So right now for the men's Rumble, they've confirmed Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, course uh aj styles eric rowan uh with his pet whatever in his cage i'm sure uh randy orton ray mysterio ricochet drew mcintyre elias king corbin Dolph ziggler otis and tucker (laughs) and bobby lashley which is funny how they put this list together. I'm looking at this list. I'm going, wow, they're putting stuff together based kind of on the storylines. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, 
Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. That's a good lineup. I, can we just talk for a moment about how incredible the matches between Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy have been? Yes, yes, they have been spectacular. Uh, I've never seen somebody kick out of a black mask, which is Aleister Black's finishing move. It's basically a huge kick to the head. Uh, it's a big old roundhouse, roundhouse kick. kick to the head, and he's not a small guy delivering this. And but he, he Buddy Murphy was the first person to actually kick out of a black mass. So that they protected that move pretty well up until that point. So, you know, you that robbery's been great. I mean, Andrade and Ray. Oh, that, 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 was, that was definitely a pay-per-view quality ladder, ladder match. match. they had Monday. Yes, yes, yes to all that. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of the King Corbin Roman storyline, especially with the dog I'm so sick of that. Especially with the dog Can food. We just ended. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Lana thing. Uh, I, I fast forward it. You know, I watch it on Hulu, so I fast forward I've tried to give it a chance. Like, I was thinking, okay, they're going to bring that to Bulgaria, brute. He's going to come back and he's going to be awesome. He's just going to start dominating again like he did before he ran into the brick wall that was John Cena a few years ago. Uh, where he was pretty much undefeated, just raffle stomping everybody. But then it's like they had the match and Bobby won again. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we're just going to keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so I, I heard a rumor that uh, Vince has uh, kept Roman off of the block for long enough. And they're saying they wanted to give it to Roman so that way Roman would be the first person to defeat the Fiend. Uh, maybe and I'm kind of like oh. I hope that's not true <laughs> that's why it's a rumor you know I just I, I I could see Roman getting back into the title chip title title hunt but I don't see it happening at Mania honestly like I, I hope it doesn't happen at Mania let me rephrase it mm. like I could see another shake up because of course they usually do the shake ups in the raw and the and the and the uh, you know, roster changes sometime after Mania. Yeah, they just did it in the summer, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do it. If they're going to do it again or not. Actually, it was even later than the summer because they did. Because uh, Fiend won the Universal Title at uh, the Saudi event, mm-hmm. and I think that was August or September. And then right after that, because that's when he took the Universal title over to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So it's been less than and of course Brock four or took, five months. And of course, then Brock took the World Heavyweight Championship to Raw as the exchange, so to speak. Because you can't have both of the major belts on one show. No, no, of course. <laughs> but they haven't done anything with the, the heavyweight title on Raw. No, because Brock's been doing what Brock does. <laughs> you know? I'm assuming he's in Canada hunting moose. <laughs> and I don't think you know it, it, uh, I remember they somebody interviewed Brock one time and they talked about hunting he said he didn't like to do things violently toward animals like he didn't like shooting animals with weapons like guns mm-hmm. I'm like okay so yeah, I yeah. could just see Brock Lesnar running around with mud on his face literally just F5ing moose <laughs> just F5ing That's moose so and then being like okay and I'm bringing home the meat for dinner we'll put the for the rack and but we're gonna use every other part of this meat and you see Sable just sitting there with an apron on going okay sweetie I'll go ahead and prep the meat and the thing and like the kids are sitting there helping prep the meat too and you know 
that's funny. I did some, F5 in a moose. F5 in a moose, yes. That, that, that's a t-shirt, WWE. You should just have Suplex City with a moose flying on the other side of it. So there you go. <laughs> uh, by the way, fun fact, I think he has a daughter in high school, or they have a daughter in high school who wrestles now. So uh, I think I had seen that. Get ready for that. He's got a son. Get ready for that world. I can't wait for her to show up and just start dominating the women's division. I'll be all right with that. <laughs> okay, so for the women's rumble, and oh, I'm gonna say this. Uh, my personal choice for uh, winning the rumble, honestly, I feel like he needs a rumble win, and he needs to actually be able to get a title off of it. Is Braun Strowman? But I feel like he's been so lost without a village for so long. He needs a win that's definitive. Agreed. Agreed. The problem is, is that he has no mic skills, and so they will not put him uh, in a in a in a title run if he can't talk. I'm not finished with you. Braun Strowman was the best Braun Strowman I needed. <laughs> okay, I didn't need somebody who could sit there and wax poetically. I just needed a dude who yelled at people and ran through ambulances and flipped ambulances over. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I was kind of reflecting on Braun uh, earlier today, and and that's, he's, uh, I love the guy, but that's kind of what I feel like he's he's kind of a one trick pony. He's like, oh, I'm going to flip a vehicle. That's what I do. I'm big and strong. He has almost no mic presence, and aside from a couple of his big power moves, he. he you're not going to get a lot of longevity in matches from him. And I think that's what something that you need for a good title run. I think the IC title will be great for him. Yeah. Cause it doesn't require. I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that his, uh, I'm just hoping that his allergy to championship gold doesn't kick in this Sunday. And he actually wins this one. Uh, <laughs> With the exception. I, I, I think so. I think he yeah. will. With the exception of him and Nicholas winning the tag belts, like every other time he's gone for any type of championship, <laughs> it's just like, nope. <laughs> I just see Vince with a string just sitting there going, nope, buddy, sorry, not this one. And I love it. Oh, 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 you almost had it. Ooh, you almost had it. Gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> uh, but then for the Women's Royal Rumble, which here's the funniest part, so far on the confirmed list, they literally have four names. <laughs> they have oh my Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and Sarah Logan. Those are your four confirmed <laughs> for a 30-woman rumble, which I'm like, okay, so more than likely, Naomi's probably going to come back because we haven't really seen Naomi on TV a whole lot. Uh, well, and I think that was because of all, well, she got herself in trouble too. Yeah. The Usos. You know, she's she's married to, married to Jay, Jay or oh, Jay or Jimmy. One of those. One of those. <laughs> one of those Usos. Uh, you know, they got in trouble, uh, had a little little drinky problem. Yeah. And they got they got pinched. And so by virtue of kind of being with him, but like I said, I think she also kinda of got in trouble too. So they've yeah. all been and so I've been uh, out for a while. She'll be back. Somebody that I really want to see come back, and I, I don't know if she's going to because I don't know what her status is, is uh, Ember Moon. Oh, I forgot about and then, Man, that'd be great. And then the other person that I'm not for sure what her status is and if she's ready to come back or not is Ruby Riot. Ruby, I just read something about Ruby not too long ago. That she was still recovering. Okay. Not recovering. Like she was she was in um 
She was trained. Yeah, but she's not ready to come back in the ring. Basically. No, okay. no. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably also have Dana Brooke in there. Well, yeah, because you're going to put Dana in there. Because they kind of were giving her a hot second push with the whole Batista thing for two seconds. And <laughs> it was just like, and now we've got to pretend that she's not here. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can see her being involved. I can see Kyrie saying now that she's back to uh, full sway. I honestly hope that Kyrie saying Kyrie Kyrie saying would win the, the her, would would win the Women's Rumble. To be honest, hmm. I think that'd be interesting because then you have Kyrie being kind of walked out there by Oscar to possibly challenge Becky because I don't see her challenging Bailey because I think they've got something else in mind for Bailey for Mania because I have a real sneaking oh. suspicion. It's going to be Sasha Bailey at Mania. Well, maybe. I, I see. I think they're going to drop. I think they're going to give Lacey the the SmackDown Women's Title this weekend. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. I say that, but it's it is still kind of early for Lacey. I, yeah, I I, I, I I can see where you would think that. I'm just saying, as far as looking at your money storyline going into the main event. If Sasha and Bailey both end up in the Rumble, or let's say Sasha wins the Rumble, yeah, and then, and Bailey starts telling, well, of course you're going to go challenge to the Raw title, right? And then that's when you start seeing the the wheels start turning in Sasha's head, you know, and then Sasha eventually kind of turns on Bailey. Not that it's really a heel face turn, if you will. Right. But it's just the fact that Sasha's like, I want the belt. I didn't have a chance to get back. You know, you came back before I did, and then you got the belt, you got the strap. You know, they yelled about me, they complained about me for all this time, they lied about me and said I did all these things. You know, and then here you are sitting there with the gold. And so it's kind of more along that line. So that could be interesting as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stories that can be told, I mean, depending on who wins the Rumble. I just hope that. I hope that eventually we get rid of some of these storylines that we're not really favorable of. <laughs> like, I don't want to see Lana and Rusev go into WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, it's, that's trash. You know, I, I want to see Seth continue this road he's on, but at the same time, like, I had a question about Monday. I was like, AOP is the big bruiser, bruiser strong bruiser types. Why did he choose himself and Buddy Murphy instead of AOP to win the tag team belts? Because it's all about ego. I said the same thing. I was like, it didn't make sense for Seth and Buddy to win the titles over the Viking Raiders. Right. It should have been AOP, but that wouldn't... I don't think that was going to further the Seth storyline that way. Wonder if maybe the plan going toward Mania is AOP versus Seth and Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know. There's, I don't feel that's a big enough draw. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was not happy with them dropping the titles to them on Raw, but at the same time, it's like you couldn't not. Yeah. The way the way that they have been built up, I was like, you, you have to drop the title. You have to give them the, the belts, but. Eh, I don't know. It kind of takes away the credibility of the Viking Raiders at that point. I feel. Well, I mean, come on, man. I'm sorry. What Viking Raiders? I mean, at one point we were there at a Viking experience. Like, how many name changes yeah. did they get on Raw? <laughs> I don't understand why they took away the War. The war, Raiders. yeah. Well, and somebody was like, "Well, we can't. We just can't have War in the name." I'm like, 
really? You you had it in NXT for a year. Yeah, like you didn't change it there. <laughs> like it's, let people come. Let people come in with what they're known as. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, NXT that is uh, that's the one that I refuse to miss, yeah. and I don't skip hardly anything out of that because that is high caliber talent right now in a perfect world where Keith Lee did not okay spoiler alerts for those who no 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 oh, no, 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 no 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 spoiler because I haven't seen last night's yet I'm gonna totally act like I didn't say anything that uh in a perfect <laughs> world Keith Lee would win the rumble and Keith Lee would challenge for the NXT championship at Mania Oh, that would be cool. Because then you have him going and it's like, you know, or he would challenge Brock for the belt at Mania. Because you give Brock an opponent that's different. You give Brock this an opponent that has been grinding at least as long, if not longer than him. And you give him an opponent that can talk. Yeah. Where, you know... I- I don't want him to leave NXT, though. <laughs> you know, I don't either. I don't either. That said, I would love to see him go up against Brock, or more, ah, likely, the case, more likely the case, it would be for the NXT Championship. So you have the NXT Championship being defended on radio. Because, again, you know, with that kind of the build they were doing with the NXT people, especially as you go into Survivor Series, you need to have a presence at Mania. I understand that they're going to they're going to do some things on their takeover show because they'll have a takeover show today, a couple of days before. But um, to have that be on, that championship match be on Mania Day, I think would be incredible. Yeah. So, a lot of fun. fun question for you. Did you hear that apparently going forward that the NXT Women's Championship is no longer going to be referred to as the Women's Championship? It's just going to be the NXT Championship belt. I have not heard this. Get why they're doing it. Uh, Becky Lynch, as a matter of fact, was on the Fox show that they do on Tuesdays. And she said, you know, uh, I I want them to get rid of the term women's division because in this company, it feels like, oh, we got to write the women's segment. We got to do this women's portion of the show. Well, if I am one of the biggest draws in the company right now, why does it matter whether I'm a woman or a guy? Why is it not just a segment? Why aren't the segments just treated as equal segments with everybody getting equal shape? You know, so I understand where she was kind of going with that, but I think they kind of went in a completely different direction when they were just like, oh no, we're not going to call it the NXT Women's Championship anymore. So there's now two NXT championships on the show? Yeah, that's that doesn't... And uh, then does that mean that... Seems bizarre. Does that mean that Shayna Baszler could challenge Adam Cole? For his championship? How about that? (laughs) Because I wouldn't mind seeing that match. (laughs) I mean, yeah. But it creates a little bit of confusion for me if you no longer have a women's championship belt and you just have two championship belts that have the same name. Hmm. No, we don't want to expect the divas. You know, we don't want to do that. That's a whole regression in the wrong direction. Right, right. But, you know, to just not have women in the belt title, like, I don't think a lot of people were asking for that. Like, I can understand you saying, hey, look, maybe we make it so that all the segments are on par, 
and you don't try to write one less than because it's a woman's segment as opposed to guys. Like, that makes sense to me. But if you say, well, we're not going to call it the women's belt, then so does that mean that Matt Riddle can challenge uh, Rhea Ripley? Hmm. Mm. Oh, man, that'd be a good match, too. Goodness. (laughs) Not, not, again, wouldn't mind seeing it. But it'll be interesting, (laughs) you know. Um, There's another fun fact for you. If not Keith Lee versus uh, Brock Lesnar, why not, why don't we get, why don't they give us what we want? And let's have Matt Riddle go up against Brock. Mm, yeah, I mean, they both kind of have that MMA background. And Matt Riddle has gone on record several times saying he's the one that wants to retire Brock Lesnar from the business. Oh, jeez. So, I, ambitious. Yeah, he is. Of course, he also has a thing against Goldberg. I heard of a great. I heard of a thing earlier today where you know go with with uh, Goldberg with uh, Brock starting at number one. The first half of the Royal Rumble should literally just be Brock's worst nightmare matches, rematches. Like you have Matt Riddle come out as number two, then you have Samoa Joe come out as number three, and then you hear Goldberg's music. Oh my gosh. If they have Goldberg show up in the Rumble, that place is going to go bananas. Except it's not Goldberg. It's Gilberg. Is it Gilberg? Ah, I knew it. Because <laughs> Gilberg apparently is retiring at the end of this year. So. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. That was, that was 20 years ago. He still wrestles. <laughs> no. Yeah. Doing good. Yes, he still wrestles. You know, oh my God. He wrestles on the independent thing. Uh, so, you know, and it's just go through kind of Brock's list of people. And then at one point, you have Kofi Kingston come out. And, you know, you go through all these different people that Brock has kind of gone through. You know, John Cena, Kurt Angle. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle and coming back out. It, he can manage somebody, okay? <laughs> he, yeah, he can manage. He Last time I saw him, he was having so much trouble. I think you know, if he came out, he just needs to come out to cost Baron Corbin a rumble. Okay, he needs to get the yeah. Oh, that'd be he good. needs to get the he needs to like angle slam him out of the ring or something and just be like, "I am Baron Corbin's eliminated," and they're just like, "He wasn't even in the match," <laughs> you know that type of thing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I hope is another surprise entry in the men's rumble is Lars Sullivan. I've not seen him in a while. And that would be a good fit for him to go in there. I think he needs to go in there and wreck havoc for a while and then get a moment where it's him and Brock just staring at each other. Because I think Brock's going to be there for a while. I don't think he's winning. I think Brock's going to be there for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, what would be the point in Brock winning that? I mean, because the only one that he would be able to challenge would be... The Fiend. The Fiend. And and, and what... And, I don't know, Brock two belts? Yeah, and what you have there is a moment where you're going... So he's going to F5 the Fiend a bunch, and the Fiend is just going to no-sell F5s? Like, how's that going to work? Like, it is, <laughs> that would be funny, but it was just like, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like, because then it's just like, and each time he gets up, it just makes the F5 that much weaker looking. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting night. I'm glad to hear y'all are going to be in the house. Um... I had this idea in my head. I said, man, I need to call Shanice and get her on this and have her talk about her feelings on the Rumble. 
Oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> is she gonna be? be is she gonna be able to make it, or is she gonna? Be... Yeah, you know okay. it. Okay, so know. yeah, we'll. That might be. That, if I can get her on tomorrow, we'll do it. We'll just do a couple of pops up to talk about Rumble stuff before we talk about Rumble on Sunday, and then we'll, like I said, we'll have more information on who's gonna actually be in it, so that way we can get in depth. So, Brian, be back. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. My pleasure, Will. I really appreciate it. Listen, I know you got some people doing some magic commander stuff and uh, things like that. So I want to let you get back to them. And, uh, you know, feed the gaming fires as it will to stoke for, for more, not only more buyers, but more gamers, more importantly. Exactly. And to continue building exactly. that community that you guys continue to build. So um, listen, man, just I appreciate you. And uh, I hope that you guys enjoy yourselves at the Rumble. Um, yeah, I'll be watching it at home on the WWE Network. It's, Look uh, for me. I'll see. Hey, oh. are you gonna have signs? You got signs going? You'll be taking. I don't have. We're way, way up high, okay. so I won't have. I won't have any signs. <laughs> have a sign up that says "BMAC is here." <laughs> yeah. BMAC has arrived. I'm in the building. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this particular podcast. Uh, we are going to go ahead and let you guys rock out and enjoy the weekend as we're getting into it. If you're Royal Rumble fans, uh, go find the podcast. Get in the voicemail. Let me know what you think about the Rumble. Let me know what you, who you think is going to win this thing. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. Guys, if you can get those in, we'll make sure to play them on the Sunday show when we record. So thank you so much for rocking with us on conversations about dot, dot, dot. And above all else, guys, do me one favor. Do me one favor above all else. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody, guys. Take care. Have you ever wanted to learn about Xena Warrior Princess? Have you ever wanted to cosplay and didn't know where to start making an outfit? Have you ever wanted to just talk geeky with a girl who is not only interesting, but complex, wonderful, smart, intelligent, and more importantly, a friend of mine? Well, you're in luck, because the Crafting Cosplayer has started her own podcast. Uh, she's taking an in-depth dive this year on Xena Warrior Princess, but she'll also be talking about other fun and geeky things. So if you're interested in the geekdom, do me a favor. Check out the Crafting Cosplayer podcast right here on Anchor as well as other podcast outlets all over the place. So check out the Crafting Cosplayer as soon as you can.